This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Let's dive into Psalm 145 because this is a relatively long psalm. It's uh, uh, up in the 20s as far as verses go. And it is uh, it is a, well, it's just a song that just talks about God. He's, he's praising God. And for the last Bible study of the week, what a great psalm to go to. He says, I will extol you. And extol is a word. It means to praise. It means to lift up. It means to place in a, in, in a high position. It really means to honor, and the, the whole idea of our purpose is to glorify God or to make an aspect of God's character or many aspects, but one primary aspect of, God, aspect of God's character known in his universe, in his creation. He, we're, we're, we're the part of the painting that no other part of the painting can show, and, and what is that? That's God's ability to uh, forgive and that 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 ability to redeem and that ability to make atonement for and ultimately that ability to make greater than anyone could ever imagine and so when david says i will extol you my god o king he is saying i want to glorify you i want the aspect of who you are that i was made to be i, I want i want to to glorify that he says every day he says and i will bless your name forever and ever. And notice, he ties that to his character. Remember, the names of God represent aspects of his character. And and that's why God has so many names is because there is so much about God that one name is not sufficient to describe all that is and all that, that, that we could understand about him. And so he has many names. And the reason he has many names is because each name uh, identifies an aspect of who he is. And so I, I like that. I like that a lot. In our culture, we don't ha- names don't necessarily anything. In fact, they're just picked for uh, a lot of time. Most of the time, they're picked for how much mom or dad really likes uh, the name, likes the way it sounds, like has had somebody that they uh, thought so much of, and they name people after them, and that has significance. But but the truth is that Chad really doesn't mean anything. And as I look on here, Diane, Christy, Ed, Renee. I mean, that, those names, those names, Terry, those names don't really have any, I, I'm sure you can etymology, look them up and figure out what your name actually means. But when I say Ed to someone, it just means Ed. It doesn't mean, it's not like dances with wolves, which means dance, dancing with a wolf, which is means actually something. Chad doesn't really mean to anything to anybody other than that's Chad. And, but with God's names mean, have great deep meaning. And they identify who he is in some way. And so it's real, real important that we magnify aspects of his character, that we carry his name and, and, and aspects of his character. He says, every day I will bless you. Every day. Consistency is such, how do I say this? 
Consistency is such an issue in the kingdom, in the land that we live in. Is it not? It, consistency is so difficult. It's hard to find people of great consistency in the kingdom. It really is. That are going to be there all the time. That are going to be exercising their spiritual gifts all the time. That are going to be that are going to be a, a person that other people in in the church can count on all the time. It is difficult. And I will tell you, it is it is the culture that we've created for ourselves. We've made it easy to be a part of church, but not be a part of the kingdom. We've made it easy to be a part of some aspect, to be tangentially associated, just barely associated with the church, and yet do nothing in your life to glorify God. And consistency is an irregular aspect of what we do as a church. And frankly, it is not, it's not the lay people's, it's not the lay people's responsibility. And it's also not there. It's, it, 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 they're not the ones who caused it. The ones who caused it is the leadership. Those who are in authority and leadership in churches have made inconsistency an aspect of their life. And therefore, they modeled it to the people, and the people are inconsistent as part of their life. And I just say this, what made David great is he was consistent. What made Moses great was he was consistent. What made Abraham great is what he was consistent. Okay? The Apostle Paul, Peter, obviously Jesus, but all these people in the Bible, what makes them great is they move forward continually. They continually are consistent in their presence. They're consistent in their gifting. They're consistent in their service. They're consistent in their love. And the reason they're consistent in all those things is they're consistent in their faith. Do you hear what I said? They're consistent in their trust in God. They're consistent in their faith. They're consistent in their belief. And David was a type of person that did that. So he could say, for every day, I will bless you. He could say that. He could say that I do that every day. I do that every day. And I want to say to you today, if you find yourself in a position where you're not doing that every day, that's an aspect of your character that God needs to develop. He needs to develop that aspect of your character that you can be counted on, that you're consistent, that who you are and what you do is something that everybody looks around and says, yeah, that's who they are. Uh, that's how they live. That's their lifestyle because consistency is attractive and consistency is something that people can depend on and expect and it, it helps change the lives of others. Inconsistency helps no one and changes nothing. Okay. Inconsistency helps no one and changes nothing. He says, every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. I, I love that, that, David was consistent. Oh, praise God that he's consistent, that he, uh, he never leaves me nor forsakes me, that, he, uh, that he, his love is enduring to eternality. Who, 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 can, who can I trust in? The one who never sleeps or slumbers, God himself. He says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I love, I don't know why I like that just turn of phrase. I don't know why, but I do. I, I love that turn of phrase. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. It, it is, uh, uh, great is the Lord. It, I don't know why. It just, I love that turn of phrase. It is, uh, it is, it is, it just kind of, it magnifies him. He's great. And then 
we ought to gr praise him great. And that we should, shouldn't we? Praise God. We got Matt and Malia to help us do it. Maybe we'll get some more folks to join in and partner with them. And one day we're going to have a stage full of folks. And uh, praise God for that too. And and they're going to be they're going to be fired up about worshiping God and uh, led by some people who are fired up about worshiping God. He says, and his greatness is unsearchable. What, what does that mean? That means you can search all your life and find out stuff every day about him. And the day you die, you just begin searching him. And that's what's going to happen when we get to heaven. The day we get to heaven, we will just have, just barely have known him. And then in eternity, we're going to have, no, we're going to search and know him in ways that we can't even fathom in the moments and the hours that we live on this earth. He says, one generation shall praise your works to another. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we're a church that that is a generational church, meaning I hope that we're a church who deserves and, and who desires to see young people come to a knowledge of him. I, I pray that we're a church who regularly for years and years to come seeks out and makes sure that the generation below you, and if that mean, if you're in your 70s, that means the people in their 50s. If you're in your 50s, that means people in their 30s. If you're in your 30s, that means that means the children. I, I, I hope that we are a people who are seeking to see the generation behind us to know. He says, uh, and they shall declare your mighty acts. The only way for them to declare their mighty acts is that they're told about his mighty acts, that they see his mighty work at work in others' lives, and then ultimately that they see his mighty work working in their lives. That's the only way for it to happen. And it's the only way for it's, that it's going to happen. He says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your mind. That's another one of those things about consistency. Consistency is considering the glory of God and the glory of his sovereignty or his majesty or his greatness on the throne. Considering the glory of God is, it is what makes the kingdom. It is what builds the kingdom. He says, I'll meditate on your glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. He says, men shall speak of the might of your uh, awesome acts. He says, and I will declare your greatness. What can you say? Love it. He said, I, I'm, I'm not going to only meditate on it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to tell it. I'm telling the story. I'm going to sing it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout it out. I'm going to speak it out in my life. I'm not going to just meditate on who you are. I'm going to share who you are. He says, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and, and shall sing of your righteousness. Not only is good, but not only is God is, is he good, but he is righteous. He's right. His, his works are true and righteous, and he is good, good all the time. Uh, going back to some of that talk about consistency, let me tell you something. If you're a person who is influencing generations behind you, especially if you're influencing children and teenagers, let me tell you about let me tell you about an important aspect of raising children that's consistently modeling for them a walk with God. And that involves being in the presence of God. That involves serving God. That involves using your giftings with God. Doing that regularly is of utmost and critical importance. If your children, if you want your children to grow up and seek after God, they better see you seeking after God or you got no complaints. Okay. You have no complaints. Consistent walk with God when your children is young will bring about a consistency 
in seeking God when they're adults because they saw their parents chase after God. Now, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about consistency. Okay. He says here, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Now, this little two verse set right here in this song is some good stuff too. He says, the great, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. He says, what does he say? He's gracious, he's compassionate, and he's full of mercy, um, and he's slow to anger. That's another aspect of that consistency of God. God is consistently slow to anger. God is consistently forbearing. God is consistently patient with us. And because of that, his mercy has its full effect. Because of that, his mercy has its full effect on us. He says, the Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. His goodness and then his tender mercies. That's one another one of those. That's like loving kindness. His tender mercies uh, uh, cover his works. It, it covers them up. It, 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 it anoints them. It, it saturates them. Because his tender mercies, his works are for the purpose of revealing those tender mercies to us. He's out there working so that we will know that aspect of him. And so that we'll glorify that aspect to him. Um, I love that. Don't you? I do. He says, all your work shall praise you, O Lord. All your work shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Notice your works tell the story. God's works tell the story of who he is. It brings praise and honor to him. The works of faith, and I'm going I'm to identify that importantly, the works of faith that you do declare who you are. And when we walk in faith and when we act in faith, it declares his it declares his his name through us and it declares who we have become because of him he says they shall speak of your glory uh, of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power don't we want our lives to speak of the glory of god and to cause people to talk about the wonders of his power every time something happens that changes things that alters things that that makes things different and new, I, I have come to realize that is usually the hand of God making a new way for his people and making a new way for him to glorify himself and his people. So I've learned to actually enjoy change, enjoy God doing things different and new each and every day. And uh, the truth is, is that that even though we, we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are struggling and it's difficult to get get people over the last two weeks to church because we've had a real uptick in, in the COVID and, and all that kind of stuff in the area and we've had people sick in our church in the area, I am utterly and completely convinced that God's open door at the rodeo club is going to be a great change for us, a great change for us. And you know what? I am convinced that everything down the road emanates from him giving us the opportunity to reach people in a way that we've not ever been able to do before. Trust me, when God shuts a door, he opens a better door, uh, a more complete door, a door made more for you than, than you can ever imagine. And so understanding that and walking in that is is important. It is real important. I was watching the service last week. Then then lights change while I'm talking. Kind of funny. He says, "They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your uh, power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts 
and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. That's what we want to do. We want to make known his mighty acts and the glories of his mighty kingdom. He says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Where is that kingdom? It's inside of us. That kingdom is inside of us, isn't it? Wow, it really is. He says, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. And it does. His dominion does endure throughout all generations. It flows to from generation. And that's why we want to be a generational church. His, 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 his sovereign, his sovereignty is over everything. So we can trust him today and we can trust tomorrow that he's going to, he's going to be the same that he is today. And that's called consistency, isn't it? I think it is. He says, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Notice, he lifts us up when we fall. It is okay to stumble and fall. It, it is a part of the process of learning. I, I remember my wife, when our firstborn was learning how to walk, she wanted to literally hover above that child so that child would never fall. And I had to literally physically pick her up and move her away from Caitlin. I had to, because the only way you learn that you don't want to fall is that you fall and it hurt. If falling were fun and it was one of the enjoyments of life, we'd see people all the time just walking around falling. But it's not fun and it's not an enjoyment of life. What do you have to do? Well, you got to learn to get your balance. And folks like Terry, who've got a little bit of issues with their feet or with their legs, they have to learn how to. Uh, adjust and walk with those issues. Why? Because it hurts to fall. God allows us to fall so that we can learn to walk in his grace the right way, the way he, he wants us to, the way he's made us to for his purpose. And so falling is not a pleasurable thing. It's not an enjoyable thing, but it's a necessary thing so that we can learn how to walk rightly before him. And that's true of everything in life. He says, they, their eyes, uh, the eyes of all look expectantly to you. Do you look expectantly to God? I hope so. I hope you expect, you have anxious expectation. That's really what that word hope that we use that is associated with faith and trust and belief. The word hope means to anxiously expect that God is going to do great things. Are, are you anxiously expecting the greatness of God? That honors God when you do, when you anxiously expect the greatness of him to be evident in your life, to be alive in your life. I, I hope we're a people that are consistently anxiously expecting God. He says to give them their food in due season, take care of us. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. He does. If he, if he, if his eyes on the sparrow, I know he's watching me. That's true. That's true. He's sustaining everything with his mighty right hand to include you. He says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. All he does is good. David is, David's, David's tearing this one up, ain't he? He says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. He never leaves you nor forsake you. And, and when you call upon him, you realize how close he actually is. 
It's very important that we do that. The Lord is near to all who call to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth, meaning in, in Christ, in, in Jesus. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. Notice the fear of the Lord, realizing how little you are and how great he is, realizing your lowliness and his majesty allows you to be open to to his understanding, to be open to his wisdom, and for your desires to fall in line with an understanding with who he is and, and to be fulfilled through those things. He says, um, he also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord perseveres, all preserves, all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. And that was like what we were talking about last night during our uh, Revelation Bible study. There is an aspect of God's character, which is his wrath and judgment. And that aspect of his character is a part of him that uh, I, I must glorify, even though I'm not a part of it. I'm not, that's not a part of who I am because of his grace and his mercy. But he's going to sustain those who are his and those who are not, he's not. And that's because he's truth and he's just. He says, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. And that is true, too. Everyone's going to bless his holy name, even those who are not his, because he deserves it, because it shall be, he said it in his word. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.